You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Back in March, I sent out an email letting all my email subscribers know that I had switched email service providers. I also promised to do an episode about it. If you're a brand new teacher and you don't have an email list yet, this episode might not be the most interesting for you. It's more for my more experienced students who are already emailing their list regularly and want to make sure that they're taking full advantage of its potential. Actually, you might want to listen even if you are new, if you do envision yourself eventually making teaching your full-time gig. This episode could put you way ahead of the game and help you start with the end in mind. I'll share what it is that MailChimp, my old service provider, couldn't do, what the process of switching was like, the mistakes I made along the way, and what I wish I had done differently from the beginning. In the past few years, I've built an audience of yoga teachers from around the world, and my email list reflects that. Currently, most of my in-person events, though, are in the Asheville area where I live, in North Carolina in the United States. I don't like traveling a lot for work because I have a young daughter, and it's very hard on my family to have me gone. In addition to working one-on-one with yoga teachers through Zoom video conferencing software, I'm also developing a digital course so that I can help the members of my community who live too far away to travel to my in-person courses. I admit I'm a little leery about this because I really love in-person teaching. I know it's the next step for me, though, because so many listeners have been reaching out and asking for it. When I send an email to my list, I like for it only to go to people who it's relevant for. So because of that, I've often held back on emailing my list about my local events. For the past year or so, I was struggling with the best way to separate out who on my list is local enough or close enough to get the emails about my in-person events and who I should only send emails about digital offerings. When I reached out to the support for MailChimp, who was my prior email list management company, they straight up admitted that there was no way for me to go back and have people tag themselves after the fact. I could tag them, but since my email list was almost 5,000 people, that wasn't realistic for me. When MailChimp support admitted that there was no way to do what I wanted to using their software, then I knew it was time to upgrade to a more robust platform. I reached out to my online business buddies to figure out who to switch to, and they pretty much unanimously recommended ConvertKit for being both simple and powerful. It has a very powerful tagging feature where people can tag themselves. You can, any link that you put in an email can add a tag to that user. The simplicity of ConvertKit has been throwing me off a little bit. MailChimp has a really fun, whimsical design, and I really enjoyed that and got used to it. ConvertKit has fewer templates, and I'm not wild about how my emails look right out of the box. They are continually adding new features, but so is MailChimp. And right now, I'm flexible about that because I'm not really into making my emails flashy. I'm more into keeping them really simple. I can see the advantage 
for someone who's less comfortable with tech to start out with ConvertKit because their interface is simpler, frankly. Their support is also responsive and helpful. Once my free trial ended, I had some sticker shock. My credit card was charged with a whole year subscription, which I had opted into. I chose that in order to save about two months worth of charges. But because ConvertKit is $30 a month more expensive than what I was spending on MailChimp, it was a huge bill. In the long run, yes, I would rather save that money and pay it at once, but that bill made my heart rate rise and I really was questioning whether or not I'd made the right decision. The reason I was willing to pay that much more though is that I believe in taking myself seriously as an entrepreneur. If you're not willing to spend money on your business, how can you expect other people to spend money on your services? On the other hand, if your business isn't breaking even yet, it can be very difficult to justify spending anything on it. This is a quandary that many yoga teachers find themselves facing, and it's part of why MailChimp, with their free plan for up to 2,000 subscribers, dominates the yoga teacher niche for email marketing. Migrating my list was way more work than I anticipated. Well, to be honest, the actual migration was super easy and painless, but finding all the places where I had links to the MailChimp sign up was brutal. I've been very serious about building my email list over the last few years, and now I'm wondering if I went a little too crazy. It has been tough to locate every single place where I'm getting new subscribers, and I still have not found the last one or two spots because I still get one or two new email subscribers on MailChimp each week. It's not a huge problem. Every few months I go in and move them over manually, but it does point to the benefit of starting where you plan to finish and not having to go through your website with a fine tooth comb and figure out every single place. If you have a bigger website, if you've created a lot of content, that can become overwhelming. MailChimp is fine for yoga teachers who only ever plan to teach locally and gather local emails. So if you're not going to have email marketing be a huge part of your marketing plan, it works fine. If you plan to travel teach or to offer, offer digital courses or to segment your list, I recommend using a more ro robust email service as soon as you start focusing your attention on list building. If you only have your email list sign up in one place on your website, it's totally fine to stick with MailChimp, especially if you already have it set up, because like I said, the actual migration was easy. It was this, it was the detail work cleaning up behind the migration that was challenging. However, many yoga teachers have a free MailChimp account and rarely or very inconsistently use it. Having a free account allows you to put your email marketing strategy on the back burner. If you pay for an account, there's pressure to get value out of the service. Each time you see your membership fee debited out of your account, it begs the question, it asks you to evaluate, are you using it to the best of your ability? You are paying attention to all your business expenditures, right? I hope so. A lot of my clients don't, and that's often one of the first things that we have to look at. Where is your money going? Are you measuring what's coming back from it? So when you decide to get serious about your email marketing, I think it's best to pay for a service and to use the provider that can grow with you and continue to meet your needs for the foreseeable future. If you don't have an email list yet, ask yourself if you ever plan to offer digital products 
or travel teach in different locations? If the answer is yes, and you're not comfortable learning new technology, consider investing from the beginning in ConvertKit or another robust service. For people who don't enjoy learning new computer or software programs, there's a huge savings in frustration and mental load of only having to deal with that learning curve once. So there it is. Not the most fascinating topic, not what we thought we signed up for when we started yoga teacher training, but super important for anyone who relies on digital marketing for their yoga business. Actually, the truth is I find email marketing to be pretty interesting. The reason is that email marketing is what marketing guru Seth Godin calls permission marketing. Every person on that email list has given you permission to share your offerings with them. That's huge. That's a really big, big gift in this world where our attention is so fractioned and divided. Now they can rescind that permission at any time by unsubscribing But until then, they've given you the gift of the opportunity to build a relationship and to build trust with them. Sometimes my clients tell me that they get really sad when someone unsubscribes from their list. I get that, especially if you have a smaller list and it feels like it takes a lot of effort to get new signups. It can feel like a rejection. But the thing is that perspective is going to make building your email list draining And it's not going to motivate you to send emails to your list because when you send a message, that's when you're most likely to get unsubscribes. In my mind, the people who unsubscribe from your list are also giving you a gift. When they opt out, the overall receptiveness from the people who are getting your messages increases. Your open rates go up. Your click rates go up. And once you start paying for your email marketing service, each person who unsubscribes is someone you're no longer paying to send messages to when they were never going to work with you anyway. Whenever I see that someone has unsubscribed from my email list, I send them a silent thank you and wish them well. Thank you for not wasting my time. Thank you for not wasting my energy. And thank you for not wasting my money. I want to focus on the people who are interested. I want to focus on the people who've given me permission, the ones who want to hear what I have to say. The more that you focus on the people who are opting in, the more they'll engage with you, the more they'll give you feedback. And most importantly, they will share your offerings. They'll share your emails. They'll share your events with other people who have similar needs and have similar worldviews and would also like to work with you. If you want more ideas and more help on email marketing, I've included a list of other episodes and resources for you in the show notes. If you want personalized help, check out my individual and group coaching programs at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. It's a brave new world, this world of permission marketing. I'm really glad to be an entrepreneur now at this time. I love how the trend is to focus on serving and helping a micro niche and then expanding from there rather than building a brand and selling to the masses. It means that each of us gets to develop our singular voice and our talents and forge our own path, which does not mean that you have to do it alone or reinvent the wheel. 
If you have specific questions or specific requests for other episodes, I'd love to hear from you. If you're on my email list, you can just hit reply and those messages do get to me. If you're not on my list yet, you can go to teachingyoga.net slash join. I send new subscribers a list of 100 yoga class themes right away and an email weekly about that week's podcast episode. Some of the episodes include bonus content just for email subscribers. Naturally, when my online course is ready, my email subscribers will be the first to know. Thank you to all the yoga teachers who are currently on my email list. Thank you to all the yoga teachers who used to be on my email list, but were not interested in hearing from me on a regular basis and unsubscribed. Thank you to all the yoga teachers who listen to the podcast, who share it with their friends and extra big thank you to the listeners who take the time to write a review. Here's one that a listener with the username of Cholos left recently. I love this podcast. Just like the title of the podcast states, it's a truly a resource for yoga teachers. I've learned so much about the expectations and roles that we play as yoga teachers. Thank you for actually keeping it real. Thank you, Cholos. Reading this really made my day. That's all for this week. Check back next week for another episode. And as always, please remember to make time for your personal practice.